So I remember trying to explain to my 82-year-old grandmother what I did, and she couldn't understand it. And she always said to me, go and buy a house. It's very good. Put all your money into buying real estate. You know, buy a house and keep buying real estate. And there's some wisdom to that because that, that comes about from somebody that's seen wars, that's seen conflict. And while we can dismiss that as not being sophisticated, I think there's beauty to its simplicity. Welcome to another wealthy podcast. Today we have three people joining me. So my name is Steph Rubinat and I have, as usual, Peter Resho and Dominic Neshi joining me, wealthy co-founders. And we have a special guest of honor, Barry Heptonstall, who's an enterprise sales expert, angel investor in technology companies across the UK and US, and has a massive, well, not, let's not say massive, I don't want to overset it, sorry, a great real estate investment portfolio. Hi, Barry, how are you? Hello, very nice to meet you all again, and uh, thanks very much for inviting me on. No, thank I've you. I've been for listening it. to your podcast every single episode. Thanks and for really joining us. It's a pleasure. How are you, Peter? Very well, and it's great to see that we're crossing borders and we have a fan base growing in the United Kingdom. And I think uh, you've been doing a fantastic job, Tiffy. So we've got testament of that with Barry joining us today. Yeah, keeping us all in, in order and making sure that things are happening timely and the content's relevant. And we've at least got one fan, Barry. So thanks for tuning in and now jumping on the show. Super fan. <laughs> So I'm going to just jump straight into it. Uh, and today's episode will run in a unique way. So I'm going to have, I have three questions that I want to run through the three guests, basically. So I'm going to start with what's the hardest when it comes to property investments? Can I start with you, Dom? Yes. What's the hardest? <sighs> Getting started, I think is the hardest because there's the little issue of getting enough cash to get in. I think. Um, then there's the other issue of um, not knowing anything, you know, trying to trying to learn enough to make that first investment, and then also that that issue of um, having the courage to take that first step. Because if you do have the money, you've saved it all, you've done your research. Now it's about backing yourself and saying, "This is all of my life savings." please, God, don't make me ruin this investment. You know, I really want to do the right thing. So it's, it's really scary. You need to believe in yourself. Basically. Yeah, you need to believe in yourself. How about you? What, what's the, the hardest for you, Peter? So I agree with Dom. I think starting out is always the hardest because real estate investing, unlike a lot of other things, requires a, a little bit of money to start. And so you have to be very disciplined and work very hard to, to cross that first hurdle. But I think second to that is a lot of people get unstuck because they don't have a plan. And so if you have a business, if you're investing and if you're working out, no matter what you're doing in life, if you don't have a plan, you can't really succeed and grow. And I think they don't teach you real estate investing in school or university. Um, and so you have to try to figure it out yourself. And by the time you figure it out, you usually have some gray hair and some stress lines <laughs> on your face. And so going from level one to level two, I think the challenge is there if you don't have a plan. So I think that's one of the hardest things. You got no stress lines, man. Your smile lines. I'm only 24 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, can I ask what's the hardest for you? I'm taking no offense by the comments about gray hair. <laughs> actually, it's one of, the really, one of the really interesting things when you're a little bit older, like I am. I'm 52 now. And... and um, 
you know, I can look back on, on 30 years in corporate work and, and realize the things I did right and the things I did wrong. Uh, one of the things I did right was getting started in investing. Um, you know, if I had a pound or a couple of dollars for every time someone at a dinner party said, oh, I really love property, I really want to do something, and then they didn't do anything about it, then I would be, you know, I would be really wealthy. Um, Thanks for that I tag. Holding, yeah, I think holding's pretty hard as well. I think, haven't Peter mentioned um, discipline? I think the, the discipline to hold on to an investment over years and years, decades, um, when you could sell it and buy yourself a sports car or, or something like that, um, that's pretty challenging as well. I 100% agree with the whole uh, holding onto stuff. Usually we want immediate reward. And it's very tough. Like when you're going into property investments, it's a, it's the long-term play, right? Now, Peter, I'm going to start with you for the next question. Mm -hmm. Why do you like property compared to other asset classes? I love real estate investing because it's tangible. Um, I, I started off investing in stocks, so I started off working in the stock market. And because of electronic tr trading, because of the way a lot of assets today are digitized, you have the temptation that Barry spoke about to sell. And so the discipline to hold with something that you can click the button and instantly trade is a lot different to something that you're forced to hold because you've paid your taxes and you have a tenant in there and, and everything else. So I also like it because my grandma likes it. So I remember trying to explain to my 82-year-old grandmother what I did and she couldn't understand it. And she always said to me, go and buy a house. It's very good. Put all your money into buying real estate. You know, buy a house and then keep buying real estate. And there's some wisdom to that because that, that comes about from somebody that's seen wars, that's seen conflicts. And while we can dismiss that as not being sophisticated, I think there's beauty to its simplicity. So that's the reason why I love it. That's awesome. Barry, I'm now going to you. So why do you love property? Oh, well, there's a, a number of things. Um, but one of the things that, that Dom just mentioned there and um, I heard on the podcast, I think the last episode or the one before, you were talking about the advantages of tax um, and how it's important to consider that. Uh, but one of the other things that's really great about pro property is that you can leverage your investments. So you know, you can borrow money and all of that money is going up in value as well. So if you take the example of one of my properties I bought 14 years ago in London, and I think I put in £50,000 deposit and borrowed 200, so it was a £250,000, half a million Australian dollar property. Um, and that property over 14 years has doubled in value. So, so my, my money has not doubled in value because I put 50000 in and it's gone up by 250. Wow. So my money's gone up five times. So when you when you leverage yourself, when you do what thing called gearing, um, which is what all the wealthy people do and what all the big corporate investment property investment companies do, you know they don't own those skyscrapers in the center of Sydney. They've borrowed money to to buy them, um, and they do it because they know that the rent covers the interest costs, and then the property goes up and up and up in value. And so the the return you get is many times more than just what you would get if you only had your own money in it. A hundred percent. Now, Dom, why do you, and I'm going to say love because I believe you love it. And I said the same with Barry. Do you love property? Oh, do I love property? <laughs> um, everything that Peter and um, Barry said is absolutely spot on. I love leverage. I love the security. Um, I like that it's tangible. Uh, 
I, I really what I love about property just outside of it being an investment is going and seeing it and experiencing it. Like today, we went in, into that apartment. It's a very visceral experience. When you're in the, like a penthouse, you're in the top floor. We walked in. We walked into the the main living area. We turn right. There's a setting sun. There's beautiful green like fields and forests, and you're just like you feel something out of this investment, you know. And, and whether you're buying an apartment or a house or there's land content, it's it's tactile. It feels good, and it's just. It, it, aside from just being a good investment, apart from it being something that you can add value to yourself, you know, it's very hard to go and add value to stocks. Yeah, yeah I can't go do anything for Rio Tinto. I can't add value to Rio Tinto. <laughs> but if I go buy an apartment, I can go and add some shelving or I can paint it. I can, there's so much to it. It feels more personal. I really like that it's a personal thing and it's, you can get involved, you can get your hands dirty. Um, it's a great asset class. I, I want to just comment. Dom really does love real estate. <laughs> every time we go and see an apartment, he loves it. Every building. We landed in London last year. And on the second day after flying 24 hours, what did Dom and I do? We went to see apartments. We walked through buildings. We mystery shopped. So everything that he just said is absolutely true. I want to mention something I like about property, which is inflation works in your favor. And there aren't that many assets that use inflation in your favor. I come from a country where now inflation is like 40%. So, of course, you get trained to not keep your cash. But what we're living in, in this time where every government is printing money, that will bring a little bit more inflation than what you're used to in, in developed markets. And inflation works in your favor because the rent goes up, the values of properties go up, and usually in the long term, your biggest expense, which is your mortgage, stays constant. So basically, you're getting a, a positive outcome. Now, I'm going to jump into the third question, if that's okay. Um, let's start with Barry. Barry, what advice would you give someone looking to get started on their property investment journey? I would tell them to get started. I think that's it's as simple as that. You know, it's very, very hard, and I've heard you talking on previous shows about it. It's, it's very hard to time a market. You know, you don't know whether something's going to go up a little bit or down a little bit. But if you are buying and holding, and if you buy the right thing, then there's never a wrong time to buy the right thing. You know, and, and what I would encourage the listeners to do is really have a thesis. You know, think think of what it is that you you, you believe is going to go up in value over time. You know, you might choose a two-bedroom apartment in the center of the city or a family home in, in a suburb um, or commercial real estate shops or whatever. You pick the thing that you think is going to go up in value and then hold it, hold it. Um, and the, the, the really good thing about Wealthy, of course, is that you're a team of advisors who can help people to figure out what the right thing is. Exactly. Now, Peter, let's go to you. What, what's your advice to someone getting started? I think uh, a really good lesson I learned from, from making mistakes, so it was a hard lesson, is try to buy the best quality thing that you can afford. So at times I fell into the trap of buying cheap because I'm a numbers guy and somehow my brain is programmed to you know buy cheap and find value. Um, I think in real estate that doesn't necessarily work. 
quality is very, very important. The difference between good and great is very significant. And so I learned, and, and my philosophy now, like Dom and Barry have been talking about, in and, and I think what you've been talking about also, inflation and, and your story. I remember when we first met, you, you told me the, the, the huge impact when there's too much money being printed. And I think what happens is assets go up, but the good assets, the high quality assets, I learned that from Dom, perform a lot better. And he's actually discouraged me from certain markets where I thought there was good value. Um, but sticking to quality is really important, right? Yeah, I agree. And, and you practice what you preach. One of your last investments is a very good quality asset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, both what Barry and what Peter said is spot on. Um, one thing that I, I think is really good advice for someone starting their investment journey is total immersion. Um, get involved as much as you can do. If you've got, you're going to be spending 300,000, 400,000, a million, whatever the sum is, it is the most amount of money you're going to spend, you know, on, on one given purchase. It deserves two hours a night. You know what I mean? It deserves more than just a, a fleeting thought. Create some time in the day for you to totally immerse yourself. Listen to podcasts like ours. Good job because you are listening to it now. Um, you know, seek out mentors. Talk to people who have bought property, who have done well. Um, read, read articles, read books, visit properties. Go and visit as many, I was about to swear, fucking properties as you can. <laughs> Go and see all the properties that you can, it, ones that are for rent, ones that are for sale. Go and completely immerse yourself because if you do that, you'll very, very quickly get a, a, an understanding of value and when you understand value, then you'll be able to move on the really good deals. You know, there's an opportunity cost to not acting. That's why Barry's saying get started, get into it because if you sit and wait on your hands, we all know people that didn't do anything or sat on their hands who have been waiting for the market to drop and still haven't done anything. Mm. But if you've immersed yourself, if you've, if you've prepared, you've got a lot of information ready, you'll recognize when there's a time to strike, you'll recognize it's a good quality property, and then you'll get into the market and, and act. I'm going to build on what you just said. So for me, it's when I was starting, I definitely started acquiring a lot of knowledge. And my recommendation to anyone starting is be careful with who you're hearing recommendations from. Mm. So go and talk with people who are successful in their own property investment journey. Because if you want to achieve something, you want to replicate, like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can follow the steps of someone who has made it happen, right? Mm. Now, if you're listening to how scary and how difficult and how uh, bad the times are, and this is coming from your auntie or your mom, and we've said it in other episodes, right? Um, and they only have their own home, they don't have a property investment portfolio, then you're not taking advice. I know they love you, but they're they're not great and they haven't built a portfolio. They're not experienced in what you're trying to achieve. Mm. So for me, it's I, I know that at Wealthy, that's what we do and that's what how we help our clients. But it's just go and talk with someone who you know that has a property investment portfolio and, and listen to what they have to say, what has worked for them. Anything else you want to add before we close off, Peter? I think before we close, I, I wanted to uh, ask Barry how the London property market is at the moment because we've got a great insight uh, into that from an experienced investor. So, 
Barry, if you don't mind, before we wrap up, if you can give us a bit of a situation on the ground and do you see bargains and and if so, where are they? Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks. We are still in lockdown here, pretty much, um, unless you have to, unless you cannot work from home. So you have to work from home if you can. Um, so people like builders, for example, are, are able to go back to work now. Uh, but the government has literally restarted the housing market, uh, I believe, yesterday. Um, and so uh, agents and prospective buyers are able to go and look at properties again. And it, was, it made the main BBC headlines last night, actually, that estate agents are reporting that they are getting a lot of people contacting them now. I think there's been quite a bit of pent-up demand. And the other really interesting thing that we're seeing is that the whole lockdown thing has made some people kind of reevaluate their lives. Like maybe they want to move to be closer to their parents or maybe they uh, want to move out of a city centre or they want to just kind of change something about, about their lifestyle. And so the agents are saying activity looks like it's going to be incredibly healthy actually going forward, which is which is very positive, obviously. So you're 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 seeing or experiencing and hearing people reevaluate real estate. Is that right? Are you saying that you know people are giving this this their their own home a, a second thought and saying, well, is this the life that I want to be living? And you're noticing a lot of movements, and you anticipate more sort of market movements, Barry. I think that's definitely true, and I, I heard you talking about um, the idea that people might change the, what they're looking for in their properties as well, so things like having a workspace, and I'm fortunate. In fact, actually, it's interesting, one of the, the first, my number one consideration when I bought my home here three years ago was I wanted to have a really smart home office, so my home office here is like four meters by four meters, you know, and it's got a sofa and an L-shaped desk, and I've got all my technology and things I like here. Um, people are starting to, to think, well, actually, it doesn't really work for me with my two kids working from home from the kitchen table. Um, and so I think there's going to be quite a lot of things that are going to change in the in the coming months, uh, years. That's why I said before, think about your thesis and work with the wealthy team to really think about what people are going to want going forward because it might be slightly different to what they wanted in the past. That's really interesting because... I've got a home office and I made it in I made it very deliberately and spaced it out much like you're describing yours. Peter's got his own home office. We're blessed to have that. Um, and I think that that's going to be a consideration of many people going forward saying, you know, how do I want to live my life? You know, Tiffy. I don't have a home office, guys. <laughs> I see you giving people the eyeballs while you're, we're doing our meetings and you're like swinging your arms and shut up, you know. <laughs> A hundred percent. I was like, and for me, this is my sacrifice to keep saving money, to keep investing before I decide to have my home office, right? So that's my part of the journey. But a hundred percent in the next few years, I want to have a home office. Definitely. So I think that people are, people are going to spend more money on their homes, I think. You know, they're going to spend a little bit less on commuting probably. And, you know, if you spend like I do, 30, 40 hours working from home in a typical week, you know, you want to have nice things around you. You know, you suddenly spending money on a Sonos home music system or, or whatever, um, you know, it's worthwhile because you're spending more time there. And so that's going to be really interesting to see how just the pe people just view their homes. And that, that applies both to people who are buying their own and also people renting. I find it fascinating. Space, right. I mean, having a balcony or an outside space in the, 
through the lockdown was was really really important barry i find it fascinating that you're saying what we've been saying in that uh, the UK and the London market in particular has been in lockdown. And as it's opening up, there's actually a demand, there's interest. We've been talking since mid-March about how this is an opportunity and the doomsday scenarios that you hear on the nightly news won't necessarily eventuate for a range of different reasons. And now that's materializing not just here in Australia, but also in what's one of the world's you know, strongest markets, which is which is the London property market, which is a market that's been downbeat because of Brexit and a whole heap of other things. Um, so I find that fascinating, Dom. Yeah, completely agree. It's um, it's interesting watching how the markets are responding to this COVID environment and and watching how seriously the virus has impacted the country and then how the property markets have responded and then as things are opening up, confidence is coming back. Um, Barry, thank you very much for that insight. It was pretty. It was, it's interesting hearing it for someone on the ground and someone that is exposed to the market like yourself. A hundred percent. So, guys, I'm gonna do this as a wrap up. I'm gonna talk to our listeners and viewers. If you've heard anything that you actually uh, took value out of this podcast, then please share it with friends and family. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Barry, thank you so much for all of your insights. All the way from the UK. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Barry. Actually, I can leave myself and chat to you.